On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. It's important to teach children about their body, to have autonomy over their body, to also know like, I know what is okay and what is not okay. So if somebody is out of line, that child knows that that is not okay. And they know to tell their parents or to tell a teacher or to tell somebody if they're in, in a position where they need help, you know, and shaming them and making them feel bad will make them feel bad to even share information with anybody in a situation where they might need help. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, lady, today we have a very special show for you. This show today, it might make you clutch your pearls, okay? So you may want to put the kids down. You may want to put your headphones in. I don't know. You may want to grab your vibrator for this conversation. Just saying, okay? We have two very special guests today, and I think it's safe to say that these are the sexiest, most multidimensional guests that we've had on the show. So let's jump on in. Jet Setting Jasmine is a licensed psychotherapist and owner of Blue Pearl Therapy, a virtual mental health practice specializing in intimacy, post-injury, trauma, illness, and sex-positive parenting. Jasmine is the co-owner, along with partner King Noir, of Royal Fetish Films, where the love of the arts, film, and sex education are combined to produce content that stimulates and engages the audience to explore sexual boundaries. There's so much more that we can say about Jasmine, but we want to tell you a little bit about her partner, King, and then we're going to jump into this juicy conversation. King Noir is an accomplished and award-winning writer, porn performer, artist, master fetish trainer, MC, and global activist using the proceeds of his album, Music is My Weapon, to build a school, freshwater well, and medical clinic in Guinea-Bissau, West Africa. He has used his position in the adult industry to develop an ethically made molded toy in partnership with Lust Arts, raise consciousness around kink safety for people of color, provide lectures on the decolonization of sexuality, and offer sex education to audiences ranging from college students to medical providers. All right, King Noir and Jet Setting Jasmine, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Hello, hello. Thank you for having us. Please, please. Thank you. We are so excited for this conversation and we are going to start off with our quote of the day. Now, King, these words will sound familiar because these are, these are your words. We've been Watching Uh videos and listening to the podcast and all in your social media. And this quote right here, yeah, uh uh-oh is right. So (laughs) the quote of the day, if you're in a relationship where you don't feel that you're comfortable to be able to share who you are naturally with somebody, chances are you're probably in the wrong relationship. And I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back. 
If you're in a relationship where you don't feel that you're comfortable to be able to share who you are naturally with somebody, chances are you're probably in the wrong relationship. Now, King, we know, we've been listening, and we know that sometimes that quote can get you into a little bit of controversy. So when you initially spoke those words, what was what was the intention behind that quote? I don't even think it's controversial. Though. I think that a lot of people need to use me as the reason that they break up with shitty partners, and I'm here for it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I think the, the intention, a lot of times people ask like a lot of questions, like kind of like leading questions because they know where they want to go. They're like, yo, I'm really unhappy. What should I do in a relationship? You should be happy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, yeah. I, I feel like people ask me those questions a lot. Kind of like, well, King said that we need to break up. That's, that's why they ask it. That's spot on. That makes perfect sense. I think in one of the interviews that you all did, and you brought that question up, you were like, people get upset about it, but it's the truth, right? And so what we want to do is before we get started, we want to just know each of your origin stories. So just kind of give us the high level overview of how you got to where you are today. Okay. So the high level overview is it's always been there. It's taken some time to come to to this point i think that that's probably the the highest level that i can that i can say is that it's taken a while to expose it but before exposing it to accept it to roll around in it to play in it and to make your mind known i my background is a mom that's first <laughs> so that little voice that you hear in the background is our fourth child royal and you know i did all the the things i go to school get a degree get a career, raise hey. some kids, start wearing hey. boring clothes, go to the meetings and hey. the, the rehearsals hey. and all of that stuff. And then I met this really, really cool hey. dude. <laughs> that was like, you could do all of that. And <laughs> I had already been dabbling a little bit at the intersections between therapy and sex work and sex education by hosting toy parties and really getting to the root of why we were all there. It was to be able to freely talk and explore sex topics. And one of the questions that kept coming up was, you know, why do men like this? And why do men do this? And why, you know, sort of like King was saying earlier, like they're asking questions that they kind of already know what the answer is. But if we just keep asking it, maybe we can figure out another route to our final destination, which was sexual liberation. And that led to me seeking out a man that could speak to a lot of those topics. And my partnership with King Noir started at that point. And we just really Right. And I like King, of course, fill in the gas, but we really brought everything from our backgrounds, from therapy, activism, education, sexiness, all of it into where we are today, which is our brand of Royal Fetish Films and Jet Setting Jasmine. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. We appreciate it. All right, King, you're going to dive on in? I guess for, it all started for me in Jersey. And I was raised by a mother who told me that no matter what it is you do in life, if you're not doing it for your people, then it ain't shit, basically. And I have done every single thing that I've, like, I've learned activism. You know, like, I was active from when I was younger, from things that were going on in our community, in our neighborhood, from police terrorism to housing rights to, you know, health, which is my mother's specialty. Uh, well, specialty, like, what she's been focused on. She's a health activist. and then it got into the streets because I was a knucklehead and I learned a whole lot out there as well. And it kind of led me to sex work at the age of 18. And from there, I learned what was bad about the industry that, that we are now in. I spent a whole lot of time doing music and touring the world as an artist and working through activism in all parts of the world from Guinea-Bissau to Palestine to Jersey, LA, all over. And when I met Jasmine, we I was back doing sex work and like dancing at parties and things like that, but knowing that I wanted to do more. And Jasmine had the outsider's perspective of, I don't like porn because of how black people look in porn. Like they don't put us on the same sets. They don't give us lotion. 
<laughs> and I had the experience of being in the industry where it's like being treated as a fetish instead of engaging in the fetishes or having to deal with racist people that are like, you look Puerto Rican. Can you play a Puerto Rican on film? I'm like, I don't know how that works. You know what I'm saying? So it's like both of our experiences, both from the outside and the inside of the industry culminated in like, this is what we can do to inspire our, our people, you know, turn them on, educate them. And then also, you know, at the same time, reclaim, and we were in the process of learning as well, like reclaiming the sexuality that has been basically stolen from us, like everything else was stolen from us, and finding out who we are as individuals and where that fits into, you know, pan-Africanism and sexuality. Wow. Thank you for that. The story of how you all connected and what you all have built together is beautiful. And, and so before we dive further in, because I know as we get into this conversation, get deeper into the conversation, we're going to be using lots of words that some folks in our audience either have never heard before or have no idea what those words mean. So can we go over a few definitions? All right. Yep. So one word that you all already used, fetish. What is that? A fetish is anything that turns you on that is not directly correlated to procreation. So think of the things that can turn you on about a man or a woman or, or anybody. You know, people be like, yo, I have a, a I know people all the time. Be like, I don't have a fetish. It's like, dude, you're an ass man. Yeah, yeah, I love asses. Okay, then you have an ass fetish because that's not going to get somebody pregnant. Or women were like, oh, I love a man's back. You know what I'm saying? Like all these kind of things. It's like those those things that doesn't, people always take it to the extreme when they think about it in their head because we're always presented with fetishes. It's like latex and leather or, or feet specifically as a body part. But everybody has them and they're as unique as human beings are unique. All right. Thank you. Now, kink. What is, what is kink? So kink is really anything that is out, any sexual act that is outside of what that society or culture would consider the norm. So it's really huge, right? And I like to think about it as a huge sexual umbrella that includes all of our preferences and proclivities underneath it. So when people say like, oh, you kinky. I get to say, like, so are you, because I guarantee there's something that you're into that for my own like norm would be kinky or outside of my norm. And I like to, to allow us to define what our norm is, not just what our society says is normal and abnormal. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that we have normalized that are abnormal and vice versa. So I, I like to think that we're all kinky. We have lots of ways that we have sexual expressions that may be different from the person sitting next to us. I like how you put that. Now, how are fetishes and kinks developed? Oh, this is a good one. So there's a lot of different ways that we come to what we enjoy about sex and our sexual expressions. For some people, it is something that happened when they were really young. I find with a lot of my clients, the first time that they experience a turn on, a sense a sense uh, arousal in their senses, not even necessarily sexual or uh, an experience that was very comforting can develop over time into a kink or a fetish. So, you know, sometimes it is, it's not even something sexual. It's just something that caught your caught your sens sensual or excuse me your senses and that attention at a very young age that stuck with you that maybe makes you feel safe or makes you feel excited for others it's something that you've seen as you've gotten older and decided that this feels good or this makes me feel powerful or it makes me feel a relief and we've incorporated that into our sexual repertoire so as king mentioned everyone can have a kink and or a fetish it doesn't have to look a particular way or be developed over a particular time it's just that it gives you some type of sexual gratification or arousal when introduced to your play that is super helpful. And I love that we're destigmatizing kinks and fetishes too. Cause I think in one of your interviews, King, I think you said something like when people hear the word kink, they think of 
did you say feet in late or feet in leather or something like that? And it's like, it doesn't necessarily have to be that. So we're going to go over a couple more definitions and then we're going to jump into this conversation, a deeper conversation. So can you define for us polyamorous? What is polyamorous and what's the difference between polyamorous and polygamy? Sure. Polyamory find is love of many. So just the ability to fall in love or build love and maintain love with multiple people. Usually when people are saying I am or someone is polyamorous, it's more in the romantic love kind of sense. And then polygamy is when a man is married to more than one woman. Doesn't have to be love all, could just be financial decision, you know, in, in some societies or, or religious decision. But polyamory has to do with the love. It doesn't have to do specifically with like any form of paper or contract. And then polyandry is when a woman is married to multiple men. Okay. So I know. So we have multiple, multiple definitions so far. Now, what is a play party? Play party can be either a swingers party or a BDS. Like usually it's related to either a swingers party or a BDSM party where a group of adults get together and people know kind of like at this party there will be either some form of sex or a sexual kind of nature to it. Usually there's some kind of organization behind it. You know, people plan on, they, people don't just show up there and be like, oh shit, I didn't know this was about to happen. You know what I'm saying? But like people, either whether it's a limited guest list or it's open to the public, people know that either it's going to be like a BDSM event or swingers kind of event. Okay. So you've already used this word a couple of times. BDSM. What is that? BDSM is usually broken down to bondage, dominance, submission, or sadism and masochism. So it is kind of like a grouping of a lot of fetishes that people usually put together. You know, you can, you can be a sadist or a masochist and not particularly be involved in, in bondage, you know, but a lot of times people automatically think like if there's bondage involved, then there's some DSM going on with that B, you know what I mean? So I think that there's that grouping and then there's, there's a couple other ways that it's broken down, but. That's kind of like the core of it. Jazz, is there anything I'm missing on that one? No, I think you covered it. What's the difference between a play party and a sex club? Play party can be anywhere. People have play parties at their own home or maybe, you know, I don't know. I've been the one where they rented out a warehouse, you know. A sex club is like an established club that you... You know where it's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> like that club has a, it's a brick and mortar. Like a play, a play party can be, you know, like some, some people, they, they do have like traveling kind of groups where they'll, you know, maybe go to, to Tahito or go to Desire or something like that. But, you know, the club is going to be there when you get back. The play party might not be there tomorrow. It might have been a one night event, you know what I mean? At the play party, you don't got to go home, but you got to get up out of here, right? So that's a good Perfect. a good way to describe it. Okay, so we've laid the foundation, right? As you all probably noticed with this conversation, we're easing it in, right? Dom and I have been, been, been using that mantra, lately, like we're easing into life. So we're easing into the conversation. We got the definitions down. We laid the foundation. I think one of the most fascinating things about you two is that from what we've you know seen in our research, you all have really on full display the parts of yourselves that many people hide or keep behind closed doors. And it's so fascinating, let's just be fully transparent, to see you lecture and speak so eloquently about a topic and then to go on to royal fetish films and to see y'all getting it in. And it's just like, it's like a mind fuck, right? Because you don't see that in everyday life with folks that we see. So I want to know, what has it been like, I guess, either coming out to your family or when your family and friends that knew you before you started these businesses what has it been like having other folks know about this part of you and this lifestyle? It's funny that you say that because really we all live very similar lives, right? You know, like you go to, to work wherever your place of work is, even if it is in the sex industry, 
you log on to a computer and you do some admin work, right? You have coworkers and you don't sleep with all your coworkers, some of them maybe. And then you go home or to your sex club, to your partner, and, and you do things with your partner, right? You just, for us, you get to see that that aspect of it. But I think, you know, why it's so important for us to show the admin side, the day-to-day side, the stuff with the kids, the stuff with our family, is because people don't see sex workers as comprehensive human beings. They don't, you know, and when we, unfortunately, when you cut off that side of an entertainer, or, you know, because that's the work that we do, then we don't get treated like human beings. Our policies don't, our policies in this country don't reflect that sex workers are full human beings in the sense of, you know, everything from the PPE loan that we were excluded from to, you know, how we're able to bank and neighborhoods that we're able to live in, things of that sort. So it's so important for us to normalize the same way you see other entertainers normalize, you know, like they take off their makeup. <laughs> you know, and that is, and when they do that, it's important for us, sort of, you know, the fans and 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 the civilians to go, oh, oh, everyone has wrinkles around their eyes or what have you. You know what I mean? It's so important that we normalize all of those aspects for the people who watch our entertainment, so that way they humanize our experience, they treat us like humans, and they're also able to see that what we have in our sex is available to them as well. And their sex. Now, for how we share this with our friends and our family, it's just like you said, ease it in, right? <laughs> so, you know, some people in our, our friends and our, our close circle of friends and family, they want to know everything. And it's important that they know all aspects of our work. We work with a lot of people in different ways in our close circle. You know, my sorority sisters have been huge parts of our work behind the scenes. King's music family has been a huge uh, part of our career. Our parents have to help us with our children when we're traveling and they have to know, you know, where we are to a certain extent, not necessarily exactly what and who we're doing, but the same way you leave your babysitter with information about where you're going to be in case of an emergency, we have to do the same with our work. So I think, you know, we use a certain level of discernment with what, how much, and you know, just like for tonight, if you told your family, I'm podcasting, they don't necessarily need to know who's your guest, what you're going to be talking about, but they know that you have a radio show. And it's the same thing with us. Our families know that we're in adult entertainment. And for those that are interested and can handle more information, we share. And we also share within our boundaries what feels comfortable for us. For example, when I'm you know, King's mom is so, so supportive. We can share a whole lot with his mom that she's really comfortable with, that I'm comfortable with in some areas, and that King is in, in to, to his level of comfort. My mom, on the other hand, she wants to know, did we make a lot of money today or not? That's it. That's all she wants to know. And when she's helping us with the laundry, whose underwear is a who? It's <laughs> the extent of her interest in the work that we do. With our kids, our oldest, we have to like back her out of our business. Our middle child is like, "Mm -mm, no, thank you. Don't need to know. And so, you know, it's we ease it in and we use age appropriate and relationship appropriate communication with people in our lives. I love that. And I love that piece that you said about age appropriate and developmentally appropriate language and communication. And so one thing that we know that you all focus on, particularly you, Jasmine, is is sex positive parenting. And so when it comes to parenting your children and they're they're all different ages and it sounds like they all like like all kids each have their own unique personality. How are you all being intentional with being sex positive with them? I think for each age child, it has to be number one, catered to their to their understanding level, also to just as you said, their unique personality. And it's also important to always, you know, sex positivity for a young child is 
understanding the anatomically correct terminology for their body, because that's how they're going to protect themselves from people who might, God forbid, want to take advantage of them. It's how they're going to understand themselves as they explore their own bodies and come into different stages of their lives as they grow up and feeling comfortable in their own skin. So that's where it starts. In regards to our jobs and things like that, you know, up until your kid probably is 16 or 17 years old, let's be honest, no matter what you do, they don't give a shit what you do. They don't care about your coworkers. They just care that you put food on the table, you buy them the toys or the video games that they want to do, and that you have some sort of time to spend with them, like quality parenting time. You know, and that goes whether you're in our line of work, if you're an investment banker or a senator. You know what I mean? <laughs> like your kids really yep. don't your kids don't care about your coworkers. You think they do because you know, you you have this in your head that what you do is the most important thing in the world because it provides for your family. And it is that important, but they don't care. They're kids. So I think in, in regards to like, there is this expectation when somebody is in adult entertainment specifically that it's kind of like, well, do your kids know what you do? Like, hey, you're a police officer. Do your kids know that you plant drugs on people? Ooh. On the weekends, you know Ooh, what I'm saying? Like, you don't part. tell them all that kind of detail. So why are we expected to do the same? Or, hey, did you tell... Oh, see, I'm going to get on my box. Let me let me not go all in. <laughs> go, but, go in, go in. <laughs> no, we ready. Say, like, go in. Know, like, congressmen aren't telling people that their kids, like, hey, I just denied insulin to millions of people today. You know what I'm saying? They're like, I went to work. You know what I mean? So why is it expected that we're supposed to give these details to our kids? Because one... Our job is an adult job. It's literally in our title, adult entertainment. So when I talk to my children, it's like, I'm going to work. When they are a certain level of understanding, I model. You know, I, I am a videographer. I perform, things of that nature. You know, it was funny, like with our oldest, I guess she was like 15 or 16. and she just she's she pay attention to everything like she's just she's super on point and back when i was dancing at ebor city when we were just talking about ebor she's like damn he and I, she didn't say damn but she just said something to the effect of like you sure do pay for everything with a lot of ones you know what i'm saying like to call me out or whatever it was like <laughs> like yes Yes, I do. And you're enjoying all of the fruits of these ones right now. So it's it's not really like we didn't have to get into the whole detail of, you know, what I was wearing or what club I dance at and all that. There was already like an understanding because kids, they might not care, but they show all perceptive. You know what I'm saying? They're going to pay attention. And she's also our oldest who finds all the stuff that we do fascinating. You know what I'm saying? But like, it, it it just works that way. And like our, our middle child, she's just kind of like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I just want the things. I don't want to know nothing about it. But it's awesome that your fans send you stuff that then I can use. You know what I mean? So I think it's very child specific. But the main part is that you always make sure that they have the information that will keep them safe. I want to add in so that your listeners know our kids range from 21 to two months. So we have two month old, a four year old, a 17. Oh, she's 18 now. She just turned 18 and 20, 21 year old. And so we have all of those stages. And I think with our sex positive parenting brand, I mean, there's a couple, two things that I want to share that we bring to the table. One is pleasure-based parenting. So, you know, we, well, I, I was raised like a lot of black girls were raised with like, like, no, like sex is not pleasurable. It's not for you. It's just like either something we do not talk about or when we talk about it, it is always from a negative and or kind of how King mentioned earlier, a procreation way. Like you don't do that. You fast, you're going to get pregnant. That's kind of, that's it. Don't get a disease and don't get pregnant. But sex, there's a whole lot of reasons why people enjoy sex and it's not because they like taking risks 
with pregnancy and, and diseases and infection. It's because it is pleasurable. And you can definitely teach about infection, disease, pregnancy, emotional stressors, physical stressors that come along with sex, but centering pleasure still. And that is something, you know, we, from our, our little boy, it's like, okay, he's touching his body in an age appropriate way. It's his body. He's learning about autonomy of his body. If something feels good to him, that's fine. As long as it's in a place that doesn't violate anyone else in the household, as long as he's not doing anything that is going to cause harm. And, you know, in terms of like a hygiene perspective for the older girls, when we get toys and things sent to us and we're at conventions and we get, you know, little swag bags with sex information and, and a million condoms and all of that kind of thing, those kind of things, we share those. Yeah, you don't get those bags yet. <laughs> She's like, oh, my word, there's bags to come. <laughs> um, we share those with the older girls. We say, hey, we went to this conference. We've taken everything out of it that, that we're interested in. Here's some things that you might be interested in. Let us know if you have any questions. Because here we are promoting, there's lots of condoms, there's protection, but there's also lube, there's pleasure, there's little vibrators, and there, there are cards and information that go to you know sites that are appropriate for where they are in their sexual exploration and age. This allows them to be able to come and talk to us about any and everything, but sometimes we're not the right people to talk to because we're their parents. So we're also bridging a gap so that they can go to her space podcast or to, you know, who else, is, whoever else is appropriate for them uh, at that topic on that topic. So the pleasure based piece. The other piece is that our children are at risk of being taken away from us through the system. One, by the fact that we're black parents and two, by the fact that we're a sex worker. We're at a higher propensity of being at risk of losing our children to this system. So King and I's work really shows, again, the human aspect that we can properly care for our children, normalize the idea that sex workers have children, they're in the community caring for their children, and oftentimes other people's kids too, providing for, you know, and, you know, that we are also looked to as leaders, thought leaders on pleasure-based parenting. So, you know, I think, there's so many reasons that people would say, like, why in the world do you do the work that you do so openly and why do you share so widely? And there's so many reasons why we do it for our family, our family's experience with not holding shame or guilt for who we are, and also for our, you know, our colleagues that are at our colleagues and our people that are at high risk of this system because we often don't know how to articulate our, you know, what type of, what type of parenting we are trying to instill. And we don't have all the words for how to protect our children or understand that there are resources for us to talk about. This is how I was raised. I'm looking for something different for my child. Can you help me with how to do this without going from zero to a hundred? Right. Because sometimes we see parents that are like, well, I don't, I don't want my children to grow up with the same shame that I did. And they're asking us like, is there appropriate sites for our kids to go to? We're like, no, no, but this is how you could be a sex positive parent and still respect the development of your children and the laws of your, you know, of your state. That and is think, so helpful. Oh, mm -hmm. sorry. No, I was no, just no. going to say like, even building off of that with telling people to repress their sexuality to hide their sexuality, shaming them for their sexuality, oppressing them for their sexuality. We see how that shows up in society. You know, like there's all these fingers that are pointed at sex workers, but the largest two scandals that have come out in the last five to 10 years have been the, just recently, the evangelical church has had a huge sex scandal where things were done to children, but also on top of that, pastors were telling women to stay in abusive relationships and men are supposed to be allowed to cheat because, you know, that's how God made us and this, that, and the other. That is not helping at all. You know, and if, and if you look at other institutions where this has happened, with the Catholic Church or, or, or even with the fucking Boy Scouts, you know, 
it's important to teach children about their body, to have autonomy over their body, to also know, like, I know what is okay and what is not okay. So if somebody is out of line, that child knows that that is not okay. And they know to tell their parents or to tell a teacher or to tell somebody if they're in, in a position where they need help, you know, and shaming them and making them feel bad will make them feel bad to even share information with anybody in a situation where they might need help. That is just super, super helpful. Thank you all for doing that. And we we just appreciate the work that you're doing. I know I'm assuming that it, sometimes it feels as though you're ahead of your time or the world is slower, but I think that you are laying the foundation for those generational cycles to be broken. So we really appreciate that. We did want to shift up the energy to move into another phase. King, we know you are out and about traveling. So if you have to head out, we totally understand. Um, So feel free to hop off. Jasmine, we see that you do have a little bit more time. So we want to jump into this segment that we call the OU Blatchet segment. And basically we recognize, I see King's face like, oh, I see we, we recognize and appreciate and celebrate the multifaceted woman or man. And we believe that it's okay to be bougie and classy and ratchet. And you can still be elegant and dance to strip club music or be be a, a sex worker, right? Whatever it might be. So we want to invite you to the OU Blatchett segment. So do you take on the challenge? Yep. I do. Yes. Okay. We got them done. Right. So really quickly, we're going to just give you an overview of what you just agreed to. So we're going to ask you four questions to a piece. We're going to have four sentence completions, and then we're going to have a photo on the big screen pulled up of you from social media. And we want you to provide some context about the photo on screen. Look at y'all. Look at them. They are like, you guys got to tune in on Patreon to see their faces here. I love it. Okay. So let's just jump right in. So Jasmine, this is for you. What's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? It doesn't get better. It gets different. (laughs) Oh, okay. I like that. Expectations. It gets different. Different. I like that. All right. King, this one is for you. I have four words for you. Twerk or two-step? Twerk or two-step. I got to choose between one. Oh, that sucks. I thought I was able to be both ratchet and classy at the same time. Yes, you can. So can you can choose both. At the same time. There we go. Oh, oh, I can twerk a step. Twerk, a twerk step. I like that. <laughs> okay, okay. Jasmine said in the chat, twerk step. I love it. Okay, Jasmine, what is the sexiest item you own? I know that's going to be hard for you because I know you have a lot of sexy items. So what's the sexiest? I got it. The king of our yeah. dildo. <laughs> oh, oh. Tell, tell okay. our listeners more about the king noir dildo, please. So yes, king, please. Was so, king was so generous to his fans and his lovers when he's away that you can enjoy a mold that is made in his likeness with our partners at Less Arts. And it literally is king in silicone. <laughs> that is so dope. And just want to add, there are different colors because we know King is a sneakerhead. So you can get different colors if you want. Oh, I think he's going to show us one. Okay, there we go. He got sneakers. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I have a dildo that matches that pair of sneakers. I got, got it. It's in my bag over there, I believe. Have you done a photo shoot with the sneakers and the dildo? That's kind of dope. That's, that oh, would shoot. be dope. Now I need right? to. Yes. yes. Oh. But I, yes. I, I think Terry said that I have to have the sneakers and and a matching dildo. That's how I'm going to build up my sneaker exactly. collection. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, That's it. That. That's do it. That. I, got, I got you. All right, King. This question is for you. Would you prefer to be around someone who's a bit pedantic or someone who is clumsy and steps on those brand new sneakers? That's like the Shlemiel Shlemazel question. I guess I would have to be around somebody who's a little bit more pedantic because clumsy could be really, really dangerous at a certain point. Especially with what we do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, Mm mm-hmm. Good answer. Good answer. All right, you all, we're going to move on to the sentence completion. And Jasmine, this is for you. One question or topic I wish people asked me about more often is... Oh, no, I'm such an open book. King, what do I say? Like, well, why didn't they ask about this? Or no one's interested in... I think for you, it would be... This This is a very specific question. And this goes to what we were talking about on our last podcast, okay. though, is, is that... 
when people try to holla at Jasmine, like in the in the poly world sense of it, they usually come at her based on like they're gonna talk to her about this podcast instead of actually having a conversation with her that's like on some kind of depth and on some kind of level. It's kind of like I've already made up my mind about you because of every single thing I've seen and read and all of this other stuff. Instead of just asking some everyday type shit, you know what I mean? Like a regular ass question. Yes, yes, yes. That is true. I, I really wish people would ask, like, thank you, King, what they really want to know. So don't dance around. Don't tell me what I already know and restate what I've said and to compliment me. Like, just ask what you really want to know, which is, are you dating right now? Are you taking new submissives right now? Are you feeling me right now? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I like that. I like that response. And so, King, your sentence completion. The most embarrassing thing I've ever done to get a lover's attention is... I'm not embarrassed by none of the shit I did. <laughs> I love like the confidence. I love it. Yeah, I can't really to get to get a lover's attention like someone I'm already with, or to gain a new lover and get something to get their attention. Like which which one? Let Ooh, me, I'll think. let's go with the latter. Yeah, I like that one. I was very very young, and I I went to <laughs> for some context. We used to get bused to this other part of a town, and I walk like I didn't take the bus back to my neighborhood I walked to this this young lady's house when we was kids or whatever and left like a, a poem that I wrote her in her mailbox but her parents found that shit and I was bust from the other side of town if you get my my drift so they was not happy about that shit at all so like that part was embarrassed I wasn't embarrassed that I wrote it I was embarrassed that her parents found it it wasn't like explicit and I was like I don't know. It was in like fucking grade school, so it was probably it was, it was probably bars though. You know what I'm saying? It was grade school bars for sure. But I felt bad that that she got in trouble and shit. That's a good one. That's a very good story. Thank you for sharing that with us. And Jasmine, we have a sentence completion for you, which is my most embarrassing sexual experience was or included. <laughs> <laughs> Being embarrassed, you know, I was like, you should be happy. I'm here, shit. <laughs> Embarrassed. That's real. That's real. I don't know. I tell you, motherfucker, you that I'm already, I've already decided to be vulnerable. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel embarrassed to some people now. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't have an embarrassing sexual experience, and it, and honestly, I do believe, and I'm proud to say, it's because. By the time I am having sex with someone, whether it's going to be a casual thing or a serious thing, I've already decided that I'm comfortable with that person. So, yeah, I can't even make up one on that. That's real. I love that. I mean, because that that does speak to the level of authenticity, transparency and comfort that you have to have when you are in a consensual sexual (laughs) relationship. Yes. I mean, I, I love I love to laugh during sex. I mean, that's the other thing, like something that someone may consider like embarrassing or like little things that happen that are not on script, so to speak. Like I, I like to stop, laugh, catch my breath and get back to it. I mean, I don't know. OK, here, here's what I used to think like my knees cracking. OK, there. There we go. But you know what? Oh, yes. Yeah, I used to think like I was like, damn, like why do y'all start up right now, right? <laughs> but then you know, I learned like my fingers crack, my neck cracks, my back, like all all my joints. I'm just a loud, cracky person, and so I used to think like, oh, I'm getting old. But I was like 15, 16 years old, so it's not that. It's just that they crack. So now I don't. I just feel like, oh, I'm warming up. Here we go. <laughs> Yes. I'm so glad I'm not the only one, Jason. Thank you. Right. The whole new meaning of let's get it cracking. You know what I mean? You can just just be like, yo, what up? Let's get it cracking. Yes. (laughs) And you know what? If my knees are cracking, that means I am doing something. And if I'm doing something, (laughs) there you go. You better be happy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, King, we have your last sentence completion. What I love most about myself is... 
my creativity. So for whatever, whatever aspect of life, I'm always trying to look at it from a different perspective or approach it in a different perspective, which is super helpful because life is throwing some wild shit at me all the time. You know, I like to approach it from some different ways. And then for the, like the work we do and all of that, I, I feel like, like, oh, like just even thinking about like when Jazz and I have been shooting like these last few scenes when, when Jazz was pregnant, I was like, oh, I want to do this scene where it's like y'all are frozen in time and then y'all move and I'm going to mix it all together so it looks like y'all are in a dream state or shoot it in black light or whatever you know what I'm saying because it's just like we we had spoken before and Jazz was just like there's no good pregnancy porn like all pregnancy porn is disrespectful to the woman disrespectful to everybody involved fuck it you know what I'm saying like the way it's shot it's never beautiful so I'm like, okay, like Jazz directed one and we won an award for it with the last pregnancy. So I was like, oh, I have some ideas for this pregnancy. So it's just, it just like approaching things in a creative way because, yo, one of the main things we want people to gain from like what we do with Royal Fetish Films is just how Jazz said, it gets different. As you, as you age or as your relationship evolves with your partner your your relationship even with yourself like i know i be creative as hell when i masturbate i'm like oh that's some new shit look at us look at us yeah but it's it's kind of like with, with those kind of situations like it makes sex better it's a creative outlet that all of us can engage in so like how creative can we be we appreciate you all so much. We typically have folks choose a picture for this segment of OU Blatchett, and then we're going to close out. But we chose a picture that we think our, our viewers will enjoy most. So sorry that we took that, that opportunity from you, but I think you all will appreciate this. So what we want you to do is please provide some context on this photo that you see on screen for folks that are only tuning in via audio <laughs> and then King and Jason, oh, if you man. can tell, tell us something about this photo, we wouldn't know by just looking at it. So feel free to describe and then jump in. The original one was taken by, down by Instagram. It was flagged and some white folks did it and they went viral. Yep. That's something. That's a fun fact. And it continues <laughs> to get taken down. This one is holding its own. I don't know what I did different this time to let it be up there, but I keep putting it back up and risking my <laughs> risking my account because it's beautiful. It is, I consider it to be an art piece that was taken by KP Photographies in Atlanta, Georgia. And yeah. it is, I, I don't even know how they put it. I am upside down and backwards on King, like he is a pole, and King is standing erect and strong, and I'm covering I wasn't your erect in this one. Well, your body is, <laughs> oh <my. laughs> your body is erect, and you are covering your, covering your penis, and I'm covering your, your heart center. So yeah, if you're, get on this Patreon, because you're not going to understand this unless you're there. Right. It's a Patreon picture. So the contact, the, the photographer said, I'd like to try this. And we were like, okay. <laughs> and I think we got it maybe on, we have a couple of different iterations of this photo, actually. I feel like we got it on maybe the second try, going up on the second try. Yeah, I think whenever I look at this picture, it just makes me think of how we work together. Sure. Like, yeah in so many different ways and then at some point we're gonna have to shoot the reverse and i'm gonna have to flip upside down on on you jack not a problem so the caption with this photo says love is a combination of care commitment knowledge responsibility respect and trust and i think that this photo encompasses in order to get in that position maintain it pose for it and to safely get out of it all of those elements had to be there. And I think that's sort of the, that describes our relationship in order for it to run smoothly. All of those elements have to be there. So yeah, this is a really special picture. And the, oh, another funny thing is that our kids recreated it. And you can see that on the sex positive parenting page because they were just like, y'all think y'all are so cool. <laughs> we can do it too. 
and they recreated it with clothes on, of course, the two older girls. And it, it was pretty funny. That is so dope. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. We would love to let our listeners know. We're not going to hold you guys hostage, okay? We want to let our listeners know where can they find you, where can they, they connect with you, and how can they support you and your work? You can find us individually. I am at Jet Set Jasmine on all the things. And our main website around events and education is jetsettingjasmine.com. And I'll let King tell you where to find all the spicy stuff. Yes, you can find us at royalfetishxxx.com. KingNoirXXX.com. Of course, we both have our OnlyFans pages as well. And you can also go to KingNoir.com and catch up with all of my music. I just released a new single called FMTY, which means Fly Me to You. If, if you were holding, you know. And <laughs> please definitely check that out. It's, it's getting a lot of love. We have a very dirty version that is about to be Actually, it is available. It's up on Pornhub. It's the full song with the images for a full scene that we shot with it. So there's a full 40-minute, fully explicit scene with me and the singer-songwriter, Faye Laveau. I spit my verse. We wrote the whole song together. We literally got together, wrote a song, and it led to us fucking. And it is all captured on video. So definitely check out our musical and sexual chemistry in FMTY. Thank you so much. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Just because I can do it all doesn't mean I have to do it all.